Hello and welcome to the AIS Training Hall for tonight's match between the AIS and the Bendigo Spirit. Should be an interesting game. The AIS coming off a belting last night at the hands of the Canberra Capitals. They come back to their home gym to face a keen spirit that looked to be finals bound. Craig Ravel with you on Sport Radio's basketball coverage. Along with me tonight, assistant coach of the under 17's women's basketball team and the Flames is Michael Turton. How are you going, Craig? Not too bad at all. An interesting game tonight, Michael. Yeah, look, the um, these two kids came off a bit of a, a kicking by the, the Caps last night. Uh, they're a bit under under the weather with a couple of the key guards missing and in gaze and um, um, Steph coming in that. So, look, they're, they're, but they're up for today. We're talking to the coaches before the game and I really think they're ready to go and the Bendigo girls have got to come out hard on this game because they're, they're fighting out with us, I suppose, for that fifth spot on the ladder at the moment. They need every win. We need every win. So, yeah, hopefully we get it done in Perth tonight and um, the Institute girls can maybe help us out here. Well, we'll see how it goes. We had a chance to speak with the coaches just before tip-off. Well, Dean, after a tough game last night, uh, 15 minutes turned into 24 for Lizzie Cambridge and uh, also Elise had to... Uh, uh, Alice had yep. to play a few extra minutes as well. What's it going to be like backing up today? Look, I'm uh, really pleased the way they've come up and uh, we had a report on them this morning and both of them are really good, which I'm very, very thankful for. Again, though, if we can get away with 20 and under for Lizzie tonight, that would be great. Um, so we're working towards that. So we're going to start it tonight and reward it for effort. Both of those girls actually, I thought, performed really well for us. So I was pleased with their, their performances. Uh, put them in the starting lineup, see what sort of impact that it has right from the word go. Well, a different type of team you're facing tonight in Bendigo. They don't have that variation of height, but they still do have a bit of speed down the floor. Oh, they've certainly got speed. They, they, yeah, we talked about their uh, the way we match up a little bit differently, but they've certainly got a lot of savvy in their group, and they've got some smart experience there. And um, I think yeah, I think we matched up well tonight. Uh, certainly better than we did last night. Although last night I thought we we really battled away hard. We just uh, we just got fatigued a little bit towards the end and. And they ran over top of us with their quality. But uh, I think the girls, you know, one thing about coaching young people is that no matter what happens the night before, they uh, they can often turn around and just come up the next day and get on with it because it's a new day and a new game. And, and that's the approach that we've taken, you know, get into it. Uh, last night's over with and let's get on for tonight. Well, we wish you all the best for the game. Thanks, Rafa. Well, Bernie Harrow, one game this weekend up against the Chute at their court. It's not going to be an easy one. No, it certainly won't be. You know, they're much bigger than what we are and... Um, Athletic and they're coming off a loss last night, I know, but they, um, you know, they'll be tough and, and um, we're expecting a pretty good game. How are your girls travelling after the break? Uh, yeah, not too bad. We brought them back a little bit earlier and um, put in some stuff and hopefully, hopefully they're in good shape, you know, but um, you just never know when you go on your road for your first game. We'll just have to see how it goes. What are the goals tonight? Obviously, you've given them about three things you want them to do. Yeah, look, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's a game that we feel we could and should win. Um, but there's lots of there's lots of things we have to overcome. Um, you know, we're putting some, we, you know, with the injuries we've had and got, we're putting some stuff over the break that hopefully will put us in good stead defensively to counter the bigger teams because we are struggling. Um, you know, we struggle to guard the bigger teams just with the size we've got. So um, we've just got to give it our best shot. All the best. Thanks for that. Teams out in the centre now as we get set for this Australian Defence Force WNBL match. Cambridge in the centre, taps it down easily, gets it to Kunick. Kunick and Cambridge both getting a start, as you heard from Coach Kinsman. 
to reward them for their efforts last night. Ball in the hand to Harrington. Harrington puts up the jump shot from just inside the arc on the right side. It doesn't fall. And now Harrower carries it down the left wing. Gives it off to King. Now back to the centre. It's Richards. Right side Char- uh, right side's Wilson. Wilson just working around top of the arc. Goes right. 45 to Harrower. Harrower now finds an opening. Drives down the left lane. There's been a reach in there. And, uh, Michael, an early uh, foul called on Rachel Jarry. Yeah, look, Rach got in a bit of foul trouble last night and she's got to make a couple of adjustments there, which I'm sure their coaches have, have spoken about. But Christy coming off that double pick is just, that, that's just tough. And that's the key to the game. They're going to have to do something there to shut her down and, and keep her out as much as you can. Dribble penetration again, like another two points to her. She's just world class. Is indeed, and uh, Bendigo would be thrilled to have uh, one of their uh, first daughters of basketball back home in their own side. It's the AIS trying to set up now as Kurnak goes around, gets the screen from Cambridge into the corners, Harrington over the top, Cambridge in the paint, double teamed by King and Richards, has to outlet it, goes to Ireland, and Ireland pulls up the jump shot, it's off the ring, but Cambridge with the putback levels up the score as 8 minutes and 52 seconds left to go in the first turn. To Orland, that was more enterprising. They got the inside-outside working, which was then allowing Cambridge to find space in the paint. Look, I think if, if Ben, if AIS have got a chance here, they've got to, they've got to use Elizabeth inside. And it's the big advantage they've got and that. So they'll keep on pumping it in there, dropping it into, into her and letting her go to work as much as she can. So um, that'll be a battle inside that Gabe has got to fight there. So it'll be an interesting one. But it's great to see uh, the young Harrington on the Institute team is actually a Bendigo kid. Um, and she lists uh, Christy as one of her idols that she's played with or looked up to and got a chance to work around with before she came here. So it's a fantastic opportunity for her to see where she's at at the moment. Mm. On the quick restart, it was Dee Butler who has uh, come into this uh, Bendigo lineup as as Harrington again over the top. Gets it to Koenig. Koenig left side to Jerry. Jerry looking to go inside. Instead has to put it on the floor, uh, put it on the floor to do the work itself. Tried the hook shot, went in the key, but too much traffic. And Bendigo through Wilson, bring it into the front court. Right side Harrington. Harrington, oh sorry, right side is Harrower, and Harrow just knocks down a downtown three-pointer. Yeah, Harrow is just so hard to guard. She's got dribble penetration. She's got the pull-up. She's got the three. It's just what's given us such a great, wonderful career around the place and made us so good to the to the Opals over there. Campaign. She's. 7-4 against the Institute at the moment. It's a, she's just an absolute freak of an athlete. Mm. And uh, at the other end, the AIS doing great work with Alice Koenig having a hard penetration baseline and finishing off with a good layup. 7-4 and a turnover. A travel by Wilson in the front court. So it's AIS getting another opportunity to close up the gap. Inside to Jerry. Oh, Jerry just couldn't quite bank it in over King. And now Butler carries it down. Cambridge gets a hand in there. Doesn't help. Outside to Wilson. And Wilson knocks down a three. Her first points for the game. They're on this little run here. And I don't know. The Institute have got to hold them tight because they don't want to get in the situation where they were like with the Caps last night where they're chasing their tails. So... I think if they can keep it tight here for the next couple of minutes and, and draw it back a point here or so, they'll be OK. But Ireland, yeah, rattles one out on the 45 right side. 
And now Harrow, a bounce pass. She just tried the look-away bounce pass into King in the paint. It uh, was a little bit too far away from King and over the baseline. Must have had a touch on it from the AS, though. They're giving it back to Bendigo. Bounce pass inside to King. Oh, and Koenig just too late trying to face up on King that time, and she'll go to the line. They've just gone a little defensive asleep there at the moment, so they've got to get themselves together. This is a tough period. They've got to get themselves together, ready to go, so otherwise Bendigo's just going to keep going all night. Well, Bree Farley looks like she's trying to get herself into the game here with 6 minutes 33 seconds left to run on the quarter. And Koenig going to take a break here at the moment. As Farley comes in, Ireland, Jerry, Harrington and Cambridge for the AIS. It's King, Butler, Richards, Wilson and Harrower for Bendigo. And of course, whilst we've got this uh, slight break, as King takes the two free throws, uh, the camp you're involved with, with the under-17 girls, how's it all progressing in your first couple of days? Yeah, look, it's, it's coming along quite well. The group's come back in. Uh, they've had a previous tour to Guam um, to the Oceania, Oceania Youth Tournament over there, which was good in, se- in September. And the kids have come in really good. They're in pretty good shape, and they're just getting ready to head up to Sydney on uh, Tuesday morning for the uh, Youth Olympic Festival, um, which is a prelude. Uh, to them going into their world championships in 2010 for the under-17s and for the 19s in 2011. So it's a pretty talented group. It's it's a good state of Australian basketball for the girls at the moment. So. It certainly is coming off a, a world championship and a second at the Olympics That's in the uh, senior ranks. It was King who made both at the other end of the court, then the AS. Good work that time. Harrington getting the feed inside. And uh, Richards, I think it was, called for the foul. And uh, it was a nice move there where they had a lot of players in action at the top of the key. And Harrington then becoming the ball getter was able to uh, find some space. And they really did open up that passage to the basket that time for the uh, for the guard. Yeah, the one thing with the Institute is that they're constantly in motion. Their, their whole offensive structures are based around constant movement, pumping it inside, pitching it out, getting the next shot. Harrower though, she can get the shots from anywhere on the floor this time top of the arc, nails another big three and we're out to 15 to 6, so every time the Institute look like they make a little bit of an inroad Harrower or Wilson just uh, looking to step up, again good move down, down in the right hand lane, the ball got to Harrington, Harrington put the shot up, wasn't there, but the putback was successful that time by Jerry and it's 15-8, at the other end King Oh, that was too easy with that dribble penetration. Oh, with yeah. that penetration, sorry. The 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 has got to start doing something here to guard the guard the dribble and guard the three. At the moment, Bendigo's got on a bit of a run on the three point line, so they're really worried about their three point shooters. They've got to do something here with the dribble penetration, though. But they keep going inside the kids, and they're getting some good scores. And the timeout, I think, you will find, has been called by Bernie Harrower, who hasn't liked the look of Rachel Jerry. Because I guess the IAS matching up on Bendigo, they do have a little bit of a height advantage. It means that King and Richards are having to work on Cambridge and also Kernick. And with, uh, with Jerry out there as well, I mean, she's getting marked by really a 2-3. And uh, she's finding down in the paint there's some room for her when the other girls are keeping uh, out. That's it. The, the mismatches that the Institute's got here, that if they keep taking advantage of it and 
can shut down a little bit of Bendigo's game, who's on this scoring streak at the moment and a, a bit of a hot run over. Well, you can't get a more perfect hot run than what we're looking at here. Missed, they missed a field goal, a three or a foul shot at the moment. Like, mm. are they, the, the Chiefs got to make some adjustments defensively and hope that Bendigo go a little bit cold. But if they, if they stay composed and stay with this game, I think coming down the stretch, if they're close, with their size advantage, that they, they could be in here. Mm. Harrower has eight points, King has four, and Wilson has three. For the AS, Jerry with four. And then you have Cambridge also uh, also out there with points, Koenig, Harrington and, of course, and uh, that is the scorers for the AIS. As we get started again, Butler bringing the ball down the floor and those 100%s, where well, you have to wonder how long they can last. We're almost halfway through the first quarter. Oh, has the ball ripped away, comes up into the hands of Farley now. Farley gives it off to Ireland. Ireland can't put the layup in, but Cambridge, good job there on the putback. And it's 17 to 12, five-minute mark of the first term. The Chutes dropped into a bit of a zone here to try and just change it up. Great job by Dean here in changing up his Ds and hopefully get Bendigo off a bit of this run. But once again, knocking it down, D Butler. Yeah, Dee Butler gets the fourth three-pointer of the quarter and extends the lead out to 19-12 to here. Four minutes and 40 seconds left as Farley working around the arc to the right side. Oh, the shot was short. Hit the iron, but no problem for Harrower to be able to carry it down. Goes to the left wing, finds Butler. Now back top of the arc is Richards. Right side is Wilson on the 45. Still away from the basket. Gives it to King, who drove down the right-hand lane. Oh, Cambridge on the pass back to Richards. Cambridge just put up a nice block. Unfortunately, though, her pass was deflected away by Lauren King, and it will be an AIS ball from the side. So the opportunity for a fast break there just goes missing. Yeah, it's just that one little pass that goes amiss, but they've got to try and keep pushing the floor, getting easy scores. And it's one thing I know that they, they emphasise within their game is pushing that floor as much as they can. Big thing the institute's going to have to worry about is, is running out of juice coming down the coming down the stretch here and that late three quarters uh, fourth quarter situation because a lot of their kids have been on restricted minutes because of some injury worries there. So oh, nice pass inside to Rowe on the baseline that time. The jump shot just didn't match the pass in and it fell away. Harrower again picking up another board and rebounds at the moment four to Christy Harrower. So she's doing it at both ends of the court. As this time an air ball from Butler is picked up by her opposite number four, Caitlin Rowe. There's a big difference between those girls on height, but certainly definitely a bigger gap in experience. Now it's Jerry, left-hand side to Malt. Malt goes to Harrington. Puts up the screen. It was ineffective because the other player just rolled off. Malt puts up the shot, it hits the iron, Richards taps it down to Butler, and another turnover results. 19-12 as King backs into the paint, outside to Richards. Richards, not afraid to shoot a three when she was here on the AIS program, but uh, been a bit gun-shy tonight. It goes to King now, left side, right side, off into the hands of... Um, uh, just missed the changeover, actually. It is in the hands of uh, Hannah Zavik, another former AIS graduate. And uh, the turnover was resulting. Jerry at the other end putting in a nice layup. And Jerry's been a bit of a score finder at the moment. Six points for the game. But Rach has done a... Like, she's had a really good season so far for the Chute. She's, she's provided a good little scoring option as well as running the floor real hard for them, playing some tough Ds, as we can just see there. 
Yep. So she's a good kid and she's doing a good job for them tonight again. Yeah, another of the Bendigo girls in this squad too. So Victoria, you, you see them coming in um, in runs, don't you? One one sort of intake is all Sydney or New South Wales members. The next year it's Melbourne girls, and uh, of course then you have every now and then some special players coming from South Australia. Jerry goes outside now, bounces past Malt into row row. Well, just took a time nicely there, but the shot. Didn't drop, and now Zavik will carry it down the floor. Hands off to Harrower in the front court. Two minutes and 20 seconds left to go in the first term. 19-14 as the AAS keep trying here. Ball was bounced by Harrower onto the foot of Rowe. I don't know that she played at it, and which is why it doesn't look like we're going to have a clock reset as Harrington sits down. The tutor just holding in here, and that they're doing a good job of mixing up a bit of D here and jumping the ball a little bit and that, so... If they can keep this within that five-point mark that it is at the moment, I, coming into the second quarter, they've done a good job after last night. Oh, a reach in by Rachel Jerry was very lazy. Yeah, and that's I think that's her second now, and they might have to look at sitting her, and that she got in a bit of foul trouble again last night, and that certainly didn't help them. They, but it was a bit earlier last night after 45 seconds. So. Mm. And so Jerry, I think she was looking to the bench to see if they were going to make the call, but she's staying out there for the moment as uh, Christy Harrower will shoot two. Harrow with eight points so far for the Bendigo Spirit, but good work by the AIS because she hasn't scored since that timeout. No, they've made a couple of adjustments there, playing a, a little bit tighter and that, trying to get the ball out of her hands a bit more, so... A little bit of a press here by Oh, Bendigo. Farley just missed Rowe then. She was all by herself in the paint. Jerry got the pass instead. Goes to Island now on the right 45. Then goes back to Jerry. But Jerry, oh, a call on a false start there and another turnover. They've just got to look after this ball and not rush their offence. Like, they're playing a bit shorthanded, the Tute girls, with, with their two primary guards in Gaze and, and Steph Cummings out tonight. So they've just got to slow it down and just work every single shot and make every single one count. Hmm. As King goes to Harrower, Harrower looks left, right, then from the right-hand elbow, she nails the shot. She moves to 13 points for the game. It's 24-14, 10-point advantage now with a minute and a half left to travel in the first term. Nolt on the left side, works it back around to the top of the arc. They go inside. The pass was pretty hot from Ireland to row. She tried to bring it in with one hand, and uh, when she's getting triple-teamed there, just too hot. Dee Butler at the other end draws the foul out of row two. It's it's just that last last pass for the institute unfortunately isn't sticking when they're trying to throw it into the in, into the post to get the inside outside action and that that pass has just got to stick or Bendigo's going to make him pay. So to the line is Dee Butler. They're certainly into the bonus. The AAS with I'll just check it is 15 fouls now. So Butler makes the first from the line, 25-14 with the shot to come. Finnegan is out there for the Spirit too. That change just being made as Butler makes the second. So 26-14 and it's uh, starting to blow out here right at the end of the term after the AS looked like they were coming back. Oh, Malt got crashed into by Finnegan and that will be a foul. It's like bit of a silly foul there by Rachel and that they've got they've got Rosie on the wing and she's not going anywhere she's a couple of centimeters off that that sideline they push a push foul into her and mm. give her an opportunity here to set up something for 
the AIS. Out there, Michelle Joy for the AIS too. She gets the ball now, goes for three. It looked good out of the hand and was. They and that. that was a spark they definitely needed. Finnegan now inbounds the ball to Harrower. Harrower then gets it into the front court with Butler. 45 seconds left to go in the first term. Finnegan right side, then to Zavik. Zavik now to Harrower again, who cuts into the paint. Outlet to Zavik. Zavik knows how to shoot a three, and that was all net. That's harsh, though. That's 30 seconds to go in the quarter, and they did a good job making Christy pitch it out, but Hannah knocks down the three, so... As Joy gets a hot pass inside to Cambridge, but Finnegan getting a hand on it. They're just trying to throw it at, like, the... The cheap bigs are doing a great job in, in getting their seals and getting the pins, but they get, they're just throwing it just fractionally off the wrong angle or mm. a bit hot, and it's a bit hard for them to catch at the moment. Row in the paint, triple teams. Again, she tried to get it off uh, to Cambridge, but uh, the collapsing defence, the AOS should be looking for quick inside out when they know they're getting collapsed on in there. The bigs are putting it on the floor almost mm. as soon as they catch it, and... We've got a five-second call yep. here. That's not good. Malt couldn't find an open player to get into, and King now will restart play. 13 seconds left to go in the term. They've got to get the stop here. They don't want it to be over 12. But trying to get that with Christy. She's going to work. Oh. Well, Kelsey's done a great job. Young Ireland's done a fantastic job staying in front there against Christy, and she's picked up the offensive charge. Fantastic job. It was because... Um, Harrow was really setting her up there, trying to get her just to move, but uh, Ireland stood her ground. Two seconds left. They go for a prayer. What can Joy do? Oh, release is too late. Doesn't fall in. And at quarter time, it's 29 to 17. Bernie Harrow would be happy with 29 points in the first term, but there were a couple of moments where size mismatches were showing his team up, and that's something that a lot of the other teams in the competition would be uh, looking to exploit as they go towards finals. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think that's the case. Like Bernie's got Bernie sitting in that fight for the fourth, fifth spot at the moment, and he, he's lost one of his kids in, in Eleanor Haring for the season mm. now, and that's going to hurt with the size-wise, especially for them. Um, and he's got to make some adjustments, I suppose, but um, just means Richards just comes off the bench now and starts for him, and She'll do a great job there, but uh, young Cambridge is just she's just not getting the feed that she needs at the moment to go to work. Mm. So we'll see how we go. It looks like young Kelsey Island doesn't look a good way here with a wrist and that. So this could hurt the Institute with only having really Harrington as their only other point guard. So that's right. They, a bit of a worry. They are missing. Just to remind you, Tess Mad, uh, Madigan is out with a yep. uh, interior cruise yep, which it. he did in training this week. Yep. Then you have overseas currently, Katie Gaze and also um, um, Steph, so, Cumming, Steph yeah. Cumming, yeah. yeah. So it is uh, a tough job tonight because uh, Ireland and also Ireland and also um, uh, oh, isn't this terrible? Uh, Harrington, so Harrington yeah. have been their major ball carriers. You then have to go to a two to really lead the team if Ireland's not going to be fit to go back out there. And, and look for the likes of um, look for the likes of a uh, a Farley or a Malt to yeah. then and they're really two threes more so than one twos. That's it. Like I think I think uh, Bernie might be looking to really get up floor. We've already seen this one two one one press from him stepping up the floor and getting into their guards a bit more and getting it out of their hands. 
And if they do lose Kelsey, they're, they're, they're going to cop it even more. And Christie will just go to work up the floor with Wilson and Dee Butler and that. So um, Institute just got to dig deep here and keep going. But we've got to do something about Christie, 13 points at the quarter. Like, she keeps going on this rate. She's up for 40-odd points for the game. So. And the other big thing... The uh, uh, Bendigo still shooting at 83% from the field, 100% three and five from five from the charity stripe. The AAS, seven from 18. So they've definitely had looks. They just haven't been able to convert them. As we restart play here, it's Wilson inside to Finnegan, outside to Harrower for three. It rattles off the iron, and that's the first three-point attempt they have missed tonight, and it's taken them a quarter and a quarter of a second to do it. A quarter of a minute, I mean. One quarter and a quarter of a minute before they make their first miss from outside the arc. Jerry now, who goes left side to Malt for three. That looked good. And, in fact, it was Michelle Joy. So, always, I always like to see a, a tall having the confidence to go for the shots outside the arc. Tracy Beattie last night in a 300th game, I was praying for her to take a three-point attempt because she has not taken one in about 12 years of playing in the, uh, in the uh, defence for WNBL, it's, uh, it's a long run without even attempting a three. Oh, I don't think that's in. Uh, I think she's pretty realistic in her in her range and that. But the tutor going, two to three three threes in a row here. Joy's Joy's nailed two here, and Kunix just nailed another one. And mm-hmm. going a bit of a run here, Bernie. But like, no. Once again, <laughs> the dribble penetration though just just kills them at the end. Yep. So. and that's the problem when you're playing with what uh, Harrington would have. We're round 13, so she'd have 14 games in the uh, uh, in the WNBL to draw on experience-wise. It's just a huge difference between Kelly Wilson, who has had grand final appearances with uh, well with uh, Sydney and also with um, I think she was in the Dandenong uh, team that appeared in the grand final and won it over you guys a couple of years back. Oh, this time the inbound ball to Rachel Jarrick. Again, being triple team. Now, this is where the AIS need to react, and that's a tough thing. You uh, would understand the difference when you're, t- when you're coaching uh, the likes of Poto and, uh, and all the girls you've got in your team, and then coming back to what Dean's doing in your under-17 Australian team duties. There's a big difference between what a veteran can see to what a, uh, an inexperienced player can see, and uh, we're, we're seeing that the real difference tonight. Uh, that's it, like... The biggest thing that Institute find each year is that they're going up against the Christy Howers, Alicia Podos of, of the WNBL, and they just get, I don't know if it's a li- they, they just get into the state where they, the Times don't know how to handle those girls when they get on a run, and um, Tully Belvalacqua came into training yesterday and spoke to the girls, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Carrie Graff, the New Opals coach, organised it uh, for her to come in and just talk about what it was like to be a a veteran and how she got there. She's just signed a two-year deal with the Fever over in the mm. WNBA. Which is a, a huge credit wow. because she thought she had one year left That's in it. her body. And she's got a two-year contract. You know, so. and people that are paying that money, they have obviously got a lot of faith in her. That's it. Like, Tully's just competitor. And I know um, young Karen sat there the other day with a couple of the other girls that are in our squad and were just, like, amazed at some of the stories that Tully could tell about her, her development and how hard she's got to play and the work she actually does to get to where she was. So, Well, Cambridge has made two from the line here. So it's 37-25 as Jerry sits down. And uh, Ireland, who's now got her wrist taped up, 
is back out on the floor and watching Harrower. So you, once again, this is where experience comes through. The first thing they do is they're going to get the ball into ha- Harrower's hand and then try and take her on. No, they just go long bomb over the top to Richards who tries to put up about an 18-foot jump shot from the right side. Doesn't fall and now Ireland will carry the ball back. Dribbling on her right hand, so that's at least it's a left-handed bandage. Koenig She's put... a left-hander. Oh, Young okay, Kelsey's yes, a left-hander. Yeah. She's like, it's, a, it's actually a shooting hand. So. Mm. Um, but the Institute have actually gone, it's, it's, it's good that they've been able to get Kelsey back on the floor because they've actually got two point guards on the floor mm. in Harrington and Ireland at the moment, which should help with hopefully Garden Christie and Garden Wilson and and being able to put a bit more pressure on the basketballs. So. Oh, Ireland can't dribble on that right no. on that left hand though, as uh, Kelly Wilson has uh, got the foul called on her. Bit of a debate here. Yeah, uh, of course. Darren Corcoran was uh, not taking any of the uh, any of the pleas at all uh, under advisement as Finnegan and Harrow sit down as King. And Butler rejoined the uh, squad. Farley now looking to inbound the ball. Goes to Harrington. Harrington just ducks over the, um, over the move by Lauren King. But then the shot is rebounded by Zavik. And Zavik will give it off to Wilson to bring it back into the front court. Butler right side to Wilson. Then it's off to King. King, turn around on the low post, is good. And that was a mismatch there that she got herself into. Um, it was Ireland watching King there. So they've had to just switch up there, and Paul Kelsey ends up on, on Lauren King. And Lauren's just backed her in, backed her in, and just no help came from the shoot. So it's one-on-one there, and it's, the big's going to win that situation. Cambridge tried a, a jump shot from just outside the key on the baseline. It didn't fall. Wilson with the sky hook. Oh, it was tantalisingly bouncing around the wing, uh, ring, but it just didn't fall. I think the shoot have hit a bit of a wall here. They're, they're mm. five minutes into this next quarter and their legs are starting to go on a little bit. A few little mistakes here, so I don't know if Coach is going to be looking for a timeout here, but another offensive board there to Lizzie. Uh, Ireland put up a big three-point yep. shot and belied the fact that her hand must be hurting. And Cambridge have finished it off, but at the other end it was all too easy and Gabby Richards taking position in the paint there, just uh, turned with no one at her face or up between her and the basket and makes the point. Sid, her de- like Dean's gone a timeout here just to slow this down. Um, Lizzie got caught on the ground here after getting knocked over with no call from the ref and Gabe just got on the rim and mm. just couldn't do much about that and that's the way it goes. So um, they've just got to hang tough here. It's still 14 and a long time to go in a game of basketball, so... It is indeed. Stats at the moment, uh, shooting percentage-wise, it's 73-240, so that's shooting percentage. That's shooting the lights out by anyone's standards. Oh, it is unbelievable. What, what can you do? You've just got to guard the ball as best as you can, try and keep it out of the, mm. out of the middle and follow your defensive rules, and hopefully the opposition goes a, a, bit, goes a little bit cold. Mm. And that, but good thing is, is here, Harrow has still got 13. She had 13 at the quarter, hasn't scored in five and a half minutes, so... They've obviously made some adjustments here and they're doing a bit better job. Yep. Cambridge is on eight. Jerry is on... Well, I've got a mismatch here because I've got Jerry on nine upstairs with Cambridge on eight. So... That's an interesting one. 
Yeah, so it's still 41-27. That's what we can be assured of. Interesting is points off the paint, 16-14 to 14 in Bendigo's favour. Now, remember that uh, AIS has got a huge height advantage. That's so it. you would expect the AIS to have paint points over them. Yeah, and the, and the strange thing was Bendigo's obviously got a run on in this quarter getting the ball inside because they only had six inside at, at the quarter time off their stats. So And they're now at, at 14 inside. So... Mm. They're going to make. They've obviously stopped the dribble. They've stopped the three a bit more, and they're giving up a little bit inside. So, mm. got to hang tough here and, and keep it going. Good hop pass inside to Koenig that time. As Zavik sits down, she had the foul called on her, and it will be the AS ball from the baseline. Inbound ball goes to Ireland. Passes off to Koenig on the right side. Goes to Farley. Farley or just had to give up on the dribble there as she lost it. It goes inside to Koenig, who got triple teamed outside to Farley, then to Ireland, right around the arc, gets to Harrington. Harrington tries to pull up a baseline jumper, and it doesn't fall. But once again, it's uh, the key just is not being given up by Bendigo, who have just decided, well, we'll let them shoot all they like outside. We're just not going to let their bigs get any space in the key. And unfortunately, at the other end, the same can't be said as, uh, again, Gabby Richards just takes an easy in- inbound pass and has no one facing her up between her and the basket. She makes it 43-27. Yeah, the chutes just got a little lost defensively on that last play phase and, and Gabe's mate got off the back screen and, and got the layup out of it. So they've just got to lock this down a bit here with another turnover. Farley passes it straight to Harrow who brings it straight down the floor, dumps off to Wilson, outside to Butler who was a long range two point attempt, just had a feet on the arc on the baseline there when she went up into the air. Dean Kinsman has, uh, well, <laughs> has had a uh, quick chat to the, uh, to the refs. And uh, Claire Stevenson was not impressed. She pulled the game up just to say that's enough. Yeah, he's just got a... Referees have got a mind of their own at time. and well, that's they're, they're, they're going call... to call what they see and the coaches have just got to live with it, unfortunately, at oh. times. So. Ireland compensated there for the bad hand and she put up a very hard shot that time. It's off the backboard and just rebounded straight into the floor. Richards sets up on the right-hand side of the key outside of the arc, finds Wilson. Wilson pulls up at the left elbow, oh, puts up an air ball that time. And, what, had a foot out of bounds? Must yeah, have done, yeah. Bounds, Harrower, yeah. who took the air ball in, um, was out of play when she took it. The, the Bendigo girls are shooting the ball at this high clip, and unfortunately the Institute girls are just having to spread the forward defensively more than what they actually want to here and it's opening up so many dribble penetration lanes and and that that they've just got to try and shut it down as much as they can but at the moment everything's good for Bendigo. It is indeed as uh, Harrington gets a big screen from Richards it took her aback. Oh reverse layup. Harrow took the ball down got rid of Harrington with a good screen from Richards (laughs) and then just zigzagged up into the key under the basket reverse layup for the points it's 47 to 27 and it's a 20 point game already here with 2 minutes 55 and a half as Ireland goes back to Malt Malt now works around 
to Rowe. Rowe gets it to Harrington. Harrington goes back to Rowe with a bounce pass, but Rowe's got no love there as the pass across court to Malt is intercepted by King and Wilson's off to the races. Find Butler in the right corner. She dribbles it around to the elbow, then goes outside to Richards. Left side for King for three, rattles off the iron. Malt pulls it down. Oh, gives it to Ireland. Ireland brings it into the front court. She sees an opening there, but just lost the dribble. Bounce pass to Oliver, who is cutting baseline. She goes outside to Harrington. It's uh, in the hands of Malt again, who puts up the shot. King beats down the rebound as it doesn't fall. 20 points of difference here, two minutes left to go in the half. Everything that the Institute are trying to do offensively is off their on-ball stuff because Bendigo is switching it at the moment. Mm. And they're trying to get that mismatch inside with the big Roland and Zealand. But Bendigo are just doing a great job on their coverage of, of the big Roland and doubling it so quickly that it's just dried up inside for Institute. And unfortunately, their, their outside isn't falling. So, Butler. Three. Yeah, baseline three from the left. And D Butler. She moves along quite nicely now um, to 11 points for the game. Island oh, puts up the three, but King has been called for the foul. Off the ball, Caitlin Rowe. So, uh, they've oh. just got to look at the score now, and it's just got to be point by point coming back into the game. And I know the, the, the shoot girls will be hurting after last night, mm. uh, physically and mentally, and they just need to try and hold tight here so they keep it close going into half time. Well, it's 50 to 27, minute and a half left to go. As Malt now goes for three, oh, short off the iron, but Ireland does the rebounding. That collapsed defence did leave Rowe open on the outside. Her shot from outside Not is really short. the shot you want from... You get, you get a good offensive board from, from your point guard and throw it out and you've got a you've got your four players shooting the ball straight away from long two distance so I think coach might have been wanting it kicked out and get into a better set there to get a better shot being in this situation so then at the other end uh, AIS though and this is the first I can recall for a long long time AIS give away their first team foul at the ninth minute of the second quarter Caitlin Rowe sits down now. As a, it was Harrower who just drew the foul out of Ireland. Shot, though, doesn't go from Gabby Richards. And in the rebounding contest, it will be Richards giving away the foul on Oliver. And we will walk the floor because Bendigo, with a minute left, have got themselves five fouls this quarter. So it is a, a huge opportunity now for the AS to uh, pull some points back with the clock not ticking. That's the thing, like, the, the Institute just got to go in, into half-time with as big a run as they possibly can in this last minute. You, you don't want to be going down on the back of a 4-0 Bendigo run, but if they can get a couple of points back here and get a little bit of a run coming into half-time half and walk off the court feeling, feeling pretty good here, and they've got another offensive board by Oliver, that's a good job. Yep. If they get a good shot here, it's, a, it's a, hopefully a three-point run for them, and they can keep building on it. Oh, the turnover effective. Wilson read the play beautifully and carries it down with a layup to finish off inside the last minute now. Ireland pushes long, goes to Malt. Malt goes into Jerry. Jerry, I oh, just dribbled at one too many, but managed to pull it off in the end. She dribbled into the players when she had some space just to step back. It's, it's just something that young kids do. They, they catch the basketball and they think the first thing they've got to do is Let's dribble the ball without getting a little bit of balance. So, um, 
Malt. She got away with it. So. Mm. At the other end, Malt uh, gives away her first foul. 52 place 30, 27 seconds left. Dee Butler adds two with a nice little J that was banked in from the left-hand lane. 54-30 and 19 seconds left. Ireland looking to set up the play here. Fake right, then went back to the left. Harrington setting up for three, but it goes over the left-hand side to Malt. Malt's thought about the three, but being tagged too hard. Inside to Jerry. Oh, Zavik over the top has just had the ball slapped away, but got a piece of Jerry's hand at the same time. And with four minutes, uh, four seconds left to go in the quarter, it will be Rachel Jerry at the line. Jerry's done a great job inside. She's She's not the biggest four you're going to see, but she does a great job on a pin and seal. And the Bendigo girls are actually struggling with a little bit in, in defending that, and they're having to come and double from from one of the guards to to stop that. So I think the Institute will be looking to pump it inside. They've got another offensive board here, and, and Jerry's on the line again. Yep. The problem is Jerry's hitting one from two, yep. and it's good pulling down the offensive board, but you've missed a point along the way. Um, last night. They were absolutely appalling at the line and tonight they started well. They're down to 83% now, which will drop a little bit more because there'll be um, six from seven now. Seven, uh, no, six from eight they will yep. be now. And as the first one goes in, Jerry. Oh, again, Once hard. Again. Yep. Harrower just did enough that time to secure the ball and we go into halftime with a handy lead to the Bendigo Spirit. 54 to 32, Harrow with 15 points, so only scoring two points in the quarter was a good defensive uh, job by the AIS. Unfortunately, what that meant was Dee Butler could score uh, probably 13 points in that quarter. No, she scored uh, seven points in that quarter, and uh, Kelly Wilson got herself out to nine points, so that was another six for Wilson, which is why the Bendigo Spirit outscored the AIS by 10 points in that term. It was a, well, it was a term that had its ebbs and flows, but the big thing still is that Bendigo are shooting at the long break at 69% and haven't missed from the free throw line. They've now hit five from eight outside the arc, which is still a heck of a clip. Looking at the scorers for the leading scorers for the AIS, Jerry on 11 points leading the way, Cambridge on eight, and Joy on six points rebounding. It's Cambridge on six to Harrow on eight. So Harrow well on her way now to a double-double. And just uh, looking at some of the other stats, well, turnovers, eight to six, AIS with more. And it is uh, always one of those concerns for a young team up against the experience you see there. They're facing week in, week out. Week out. Rebounds though, 19 to 14. And uh, that is an area where you would expect the AS to dominate because they have got the height. Uh, once again, like six turn, you look at the possession game here that Bendigo's playing with, and and Bendigo's uh, Institute's had six turnovers in that quarter, which I'm sure their staff's not going to be happy about. And it wasn't not not, not big turnovers, but just more a lazy turnover, not looking before you're passing and. A soft pass instead of sending it and flicking it there. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And the, the the boards here that they're giving up I, in the first half, they're not giving up too many glass. But now they're at 19 boards, and in in the first quarter they're they're only sitting at eight boards. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, without zero offensive boards, but I'd say they've picked up a couple of offensive boards there in that quarter. So I, I think the big thing that the Institute's got to look at is, is how they're going to guard Bendigo. Mm. Are you going to give up the three or are you going to give up the dribble at the moment? Both are occurring and they're both breaking them down. And Christie's getting dribble, uh, Kel's getting dribble, Deanne Butler's getting dribble, and mm. but then they're finding the three as well. So which are you going to live and die by? Are you going to live and die by the three or are you going to live and die by dribble keeping it out of the gut, so they've got to make that decision, but I'm sure it's something that the Institute girls will have a look at the half and come back out ready to go again. Well, we are going to look forward to an exciting second half here on Sport Radio, AAS Basketball. We'll be back with all the second half action in just a few moments. Welcome back to the AAS Training Hall as we get set for the second half. It looks like, well, it looks like the Bendigo Spirit are going to be sitting 7-7 seven and seven if they can keep this sort of run going. And, of course, uh, Michael Turnan, who's joining me, Craig Revell, here in commentary. 7-7 seven and seven is a uh, number that you know very well coming from the uh, Flames uh, campaign. Yeah, look, we're sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. We've got a game tonight uh, against Perth. Um, in a couple of hours, the girls, the girls tip off, so... This gets Bendigo seven and seven, and, and we're sitting seven and seven. So we get Perth night hopefully, and that's eight and seven. And the game uh, we've still got a double against Bendigo still to come to determine the the split with them, and in a couple of weeks. So every, every game's important, and at the moment uh, we're just trying to take care of a bit of business ourselves with Perth this week, and then Logan, who are going to be really tough on the road up there uh, next weekend. So if we can get both of those, look, we're in a good a little good position coming into Bendigo, so um, we've just got to get best as prepared as we can and, and see what happens in a, in a few weeks' time. So take care of game by game. That's all we can do, uh, sitting in that fifth spot at the moment. Sounding so. more and more like a coach with those sort of comments, <laughs> game by game, uh, yeah. one game at a time. Worry about yeah. yourself. Don't worry about anyone else. <laughs> all these fun little things. So all these little one-liners that everyone's talking about these days. So, but look, we... We're having a little look at Bendigo on that at the moment, but really worried about Perth tonight and then hitting, um, hitting Logan um, next weekend up there. So, Sport Radio coverage of the AIS basketball here in the WNBL and it's AIS to restart the second half as Koenig uh, gives the ball off to Ireland. Ireland looking a bit better on that left wrist now as it's still heavily bandaged. She hands off to Harrington inside to Cambridge and Cambridge under heavy traffic. Gets the ball into the hole. It's Jerry, the other player out there for the AAS. For Bendigo, it is Wilson with the ball in hand at the moment. Goes down to the baseline, finds King. King over the top to Richardson. Koenig just wasn't in position there and took the uh, hit from uh, Richards, who knew she had all the advantages there. Look, Bendigo run that play twice now for two scores and the shoot still hasn't made that adjustment on that back screen for their guard with their guard screen and their big for Gabe. So they've got to do something here to, here to change that change that matchup where Liz is not getting caught up on the screen. Otherwise, it's going to be layup city all night. So, There's Koenig. Oh, it took a long while to get that ball in as the full court pressure, which was very successfully applied. Yeah. Quickly down the floor, Jerry, Jerry over the top. They're too Cambridge focused. She makes the play and draws the foul out of Richards. That will be Richards' third personal. No, they've called the foul on Wilson. So that'll be Wilson's second personal foul. I think the, the, the Institute's obviously 
made the decision at half time to, to throw it into Lizzie and just throw it up in the air and let her go get it and at her height it's it's a good option but the other the other players have got to just work off Lizzie on a catch and just not leave it all up to her at the moment. So Yeah, and that's that one of the problems we've seen with this AIS side this year is they have left it to Liz. As now Harrow uh, drives down. Oh, Jerry, good work there. Got the hand in on the uh, ball. It's a risky play when Harrow has gone past you to reach in, but uh, they pull it off that time, knock it over the baseline. So Harrow inbound. Richards gives it back to Harrow. Oh, nice zigzag down the baseline no, by Harrow. No fear there with Christy taking in it against Lizzie. So Christy just went straight at her and showed the experience there and, and got the layup at the end of it. Uh, thing is here with the Institute at the moment, they don't have young, young Steph Cummins or um, Katie Gaze here to spread the floor when they're throwing it into Lizzie, so it takes away a lot. Third foul just being called, oh no, it was a push off the ball by Dee Butler that they called on. I thought it was uh, Wilson bumping that time. So it'll be a first personal foul on Dee Butler as the AAS inbound the ball. Ireland cross court, tapped away by King, but Jerry's still able to pull it in. Ball inside again to Cambridge. The shot didn't drop, so Cambridge will go to shoot two. So they've got they've got four shots here in the in the in the third quarter, and three of them have gone to Lizzie and that, and every single one of the four's been inside, but. The, the Bendigo will make this adjustment in a minute and start cramping in, so hopefully their shooters uh, uh, get going in this quarter. So, Cambridge at the line. Extends her advantage now to 13 points. And it's 59-38. It's a 14 points, in fact, because she made both. Oh, Harrington there just trying to wrestle the ball away from Wilson. Harrington gives up the foul. It's three fouls to one here. Bendigo with three, AIS with uh, two as that foul gets called. And uh, interesting because we haven't reached the two-minute mark of this third turn. So it's been a bit of a, a grey team marathon. As a three-second call on Gabby Richards. I think the Institute have made a couple of good adjustments here defensively there. They're playing the lanes a lot harder and really trying to deny the ball no matter where it is on the floor and just letting Lizzie and, and Rach Jerry here protect the basket a bit for them. So it seems to slow down the scoring against them. So um, they've just got to keep going here, punching it inside again. Always given the continuation. He, yeah, I didn't think the shot would normally count because the bump was before she before took shot, off. But, but um, well, the great team make. Uh, the decisions out there on the floor and that's why these three teams out there playing this game. <laughs> Jerry makes the bonus and we're down to an 18 point ball game 59-41 as the AIS are out to a strong run now. This is a good run by the Institute if they can keep there's a push here on uh, the ball. Like Harrow hits the deck. They've got to keep this run here and I, I think with the fives that they've got here for the Institute at the moment, they, go, they can keep this run going. It's when they go to their bench without mm. those couple of kids there, their strength just, the depth just isn't there and the experience of Bendigo might just get them over the line here. Wilson goes to Butler. Oh, Butler, that was a beautiful pass. She just headed outside. Uh, she headed off the court and then threw it back to Butler. Jerry on the ground has to be careful here when you're caught on the ground. You can get caught for a travel, but she gets a pass off to uh, Harrington. Cambridge 
had the pass go behind her as Harrington thought she was going to cut away from the basket, put it to the spot she was expecting her to run to. Unfortunately, Campage was uh, ba- basket bound. That's it. Like Karen Mostray should have just slowed down a bit there and let Elizabeth get on the rim. And it turns into an easy layup at that height. But then yep. Christy comes back down and stops the stops the run there and gets another two. 20-point ball game now as they look to bring back Malt into this AAS lineup. Jerry right side to Koenig. Koenig back to Jerry over the top. They go inside to Cambridge. Oh, that's better. She went outside again to Koenig. That put up the shot from Jerry. A three-point shot from the top of the key. Probably not the best percentage move, but it was good to see Lizzie looking outside knowing that she had too much traffic on her. That's the thing, like, but it's, it's, it's been a great job by the Institute throwing it inside, then Lizzie throwing it out. But what the, bigs are, what the guys have got to realise is it's on a closeout and throwing it back inside to Lizzie could be another good option. Yep. She's gone. Uh, Particularly when they're collapsing on her, they're not going to stay there for a long time if she's getting it out. By the second pass, they're off her again so they can go in rather than have to try and bomb a three. That's the thing, and, and it's that second look. Mm. Oh, Cambridge that time just put one right over the ring and Bendigo are back down the floor. Dee Butler, I think this is, uh, uh, a lot of people are saying to me, this is about Dee Butler of Second Year Institute. She's looking as fit as she ever has here in this Bendigo spirit side. That year away is certainly, or was it two years away, certainly suited yeah, I her. I think so, yeah. And, uh, well, as they carry the ball down the floor, the bounce past the island. It was a good idea but she was in too much traffic and uh, eventually Bendigo turned that one around. Yeah, I think they're just starting to tie here. They've only made really they've made the second sub here with um, with Joy just coming on the floor and they're just starting to tie a bit here. The mental fatigue from last night, the physical fatigue from this game is they're starting to hit now. They've just got to try and push through here. Yeah, King just, well, went around Joy on the dribble that time and you don't like to see big players well as a coach you don't like to see your opposition big players putting the ball on the floor and zigzagging around your key defenders or your big players but uh, it is as a fan's point of view it's nothing better than seeing a big player put the ball on the ground and dribble it to the basket as Cambridge just used the dribble there to get herself into position to move uh, Richards out and uh, makes the lead makes the shot. I don't know how much Lizzie's got left in her legs because she's she was on restrictions. 20 minutes she was, she was told. Last night and, and tonight she's she's blowing a bit here. She's been over at the moment blowing but she's doing a fantastic job for him. She's at the 15 minute mark already. 15.42 my stat. to grab her right now. So. Yeah. Which is, it'll be interesting to see what they do now offensively because that mm. target inside is just so big. So we'll see how we go with Caitlin inside young row. Yep. Lost a match up here. Well, King has space. Richards, though, does the rebounding easy. Rowe had to go out to face up on King, and that just left uh, Joy to try and mark up on Gabe Richards. And that's, a, that's just a simple mental error there by the Institute. Joy should be marking out on King, and, and Rowe should be in on, on Gabe. Like. The inbound pass that time, Farley. Bounce pass was tapped away from Richards as uh, Wilson... Well, that was an interesting one because that was definitely a hip check. Oh, yeah, I think she got away with a little push there and that the referee might be a little bit nice there. And that's, uh... <laughs> Well, normally they're not. I have to say <laughs> it's, uh, 
It's one thing that any coach at the AS will tell you that there is absolutely no home court advantage I think that's at, what every the, around the, league. <laughs> at the uh, training hall. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of the coaches say that around the league, that they, they don't mind being on the road. So but the, the girls are doing a good job here. They're, they've, they've kept it pretty tight, like the lead hasn't blown out any more than what it was at half time. So if they keep themselves going here, they're in a good thing. The big thing is they've... Uh, at, quarter, at half time there, Bendigo had 24 points in the paint. I think this quarter they might have have added only a couple more points in the paint there. Six so points in six the paint. Six points in the paint. Like it was 18 points in the second quarter, and they've got that back in check now, and they've slowed down the scoring rate. So. At the halfway point of the quarter, the AS outscoring, albeit 11 to nine, but it's still outscoring. It's still a two-point pickup, and mm. I, I would assume Adina being here pushing with the girls that get it back point for point, win this quarter, see what happens coming in the last quarter. And that, so when you get in that situation, you just got to try and keep pushing the troops along as much as you can and setting those little goals and, and getting it in there. So. Although I said that a fraction too early. It's 11 points each, each as it reset uh, just resets, a moment yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. 43-65 AAS in the hole at the moment by 12. Sorry, check that, by 22. As Ireland, Joy, goes to Farley. Farley's been a very good first-year player here, too. Yeah, I think um, she's settled in oh, sorry, second-year well. second player. Second-year player yeah. now, yeah. She's so. settled in pretty well, and she's getting more minutes now as that second-year player. King drives baseline. Wow. That's oh, nice it was very good. And that's the second time we've seen her successfully dribble along that baseline. That's it. Like um, Lauren's just enjoying the more minutes she's getting here at Bendigo, and... She's a tough operator. She's got that three. She's obviously got the, the, the dribble penetration moves here, which she showed off a couple of times now. And she's tough inside, so she's a great pickup for Bendigo this year. I'm not sure if they've called that. Well, they've called that foul on the nine of Gabrielle Richards, so she will have to sit down because it's her fourth personal. It's in the bonus for Bendigo. Or, sorry, in the bonus for the AAS, as there's now five team fouls on the Spirit. So Joy goes to the line there. And unfortunately, the uh, shooting from the line just isn't up to the AO standards, considering they're, uh, what, a thousand free throws a day is uh, not uncommon for these girls. I don't think, I don't think the coaching staff would be real happy with this at the moment. It's, what is it, about 10 of 15 or 10 of 16? Yep, 10 of 15 like it is. Yeah, well, up until that last one where it was, yeah. yeah. So now it's 11 of 16. 16. And Caitlin Rowe has been called for her second personal. She was trying to defend up on Wilson, which is a mismatch that Bendigo are trying to exploit. They're, they're finding it very easy to rotate off uh, King and also, uh, well, before Richards, but now it's Finnegan on um, Joy. They've been finding it very easy to rotate off their defensive player which is uh, a bit of a worry that uh, the D isn't picking up when those mismatches are occurring and the players aren't talking to each other to try and get the swaps made sooner. That's a, I, I think that that's what it is. There's, it's a nice shot by Rosie, doesn't drop down, but I think that's the biggest problem at the moment. They're, they're getting picked apart by these mismatches and they're not quick in their adjustments. and, and that's, uh, Harrower's uh, three was just devastating as Maltz, three at the other end, just missed. 
And 71 to 44 here as it's 3 minutes 45. Farley on the left 45. Dumps over the top to row at the elbow. Inside to Joy. Outside to Malt. Malt goes for 3 again. That time she nails it. Yeah, there. Unfortunately, without Lizzie in that inside target and without Kunick and Jerry all on the bench at the moment, it's, they ain't got much inside to look to and they've just got to hope that the three start to rain down and drop a bit. And well, Finnegan top of the arc, bang. She pulls the trigger and a long range two drops 73-47. It's a long night for the shoot and a long weekend with uh, a short road trip proving to be a hammering. And uh, it's starting to get that way as the inbound ball to row. She found position. Good work there. Step back, jump shot, worked. I think it's something without uh, Richards on the floor at the moment that the instructions keep on looking at still. And they're trying to work that inside focus and that, as we saw with Caitlin going to work then. So. Zavik goes to King and she Number makes three. a big three from the baseline. And uh, once again, when your fours and fives can hit three points... It means that you just cannot rest indeed. Harrow is now out to 19 points too. Just uh, leading... Oh, sorry, Harrow is out to 22 points now. As Rowe tries a long range two, oh. King beats down the uh, rebound and makes the layup at the other end. Yeah, look, I think the, the Institute legs have just hit with a shortened bench and that now they've just realised that Bendigo are just going to keep ramming the ball down the court and punching it ahead the whole time. So they've just got to hold tight and play this out and try and meet little goals And uh, throughout the game. Like, you see no offensive glass, so they're out and running and, and Zavik's just missed the layup there. But it's a one-on-one layup again. There's no one in behind in that, so... Mm. And Wilson was the one cutting at the basket for the rebound. No, uh, so. Wilson just goes and goes and goes. She's like a little Indianist bunny and... Just doesn't stop, and she's been like that the whole time, her whole career. So, mm. Kelsey Island sits down for the moment. Harrington, Malt, Rowe, Joy, and Farley. So Farley gets the ball from Malt, then it goes inside to Joy over the top, but the pass was too high to Caitlin Rowe. They're, they're, they're doing a good job here, but they're just getting a bit frustrated because they're, they're worrying about missing a shot here and there where. They've just got to try and relax as much as they can and try and play natural. Like, And that was the right move yeah. too. That was that was the right move. Well, Joy's got to look to... She's nailed two threes. She's just got, that's an elbow shot she's got to look at. Mm. I know the Institute stress it within their, within their offense, isn't that? But that's a good shot for the kids to shoot and Michelle's just got to be a bit more confident. Yeah, well, she was, what, a left-hand elbow then. That's it. Um, admittedly, Rowe was basket side, closer. So, you know, the pass was a valid option, but... You have to just take them when they're there sometimes too. That's it. And that's the thing. And like, Caitlin's on the rim there. She's ready to rebound the ball. So mm. it's not as if you don't have any offensive rebounders there at the moment. So, Well, both made by Harrower, who's out to 24 points now for the game. 80 plays 49. If you want a percentage game, you've got it here tonight because uh, this should be an easy 100 for the Bendigo Spirit. Up against a depleted AIS. So, false start by Zavik called. And uh, it will be a turnover. Minute and 12 seconds left to run here in the third term as AIS will get the ball from the side. The offence just seems to be, without the bigs in there and, and without the shooters there, it's Bendigo doing a great job of taking away all the options and 
and the Institute's counters just don't seem to be working tonight and they're missing a few shots. So uh, Bendigo's doing an absolutely fantastic job here and they're scrambling and they're into it, but Caitlin's just knocked down a good two. So Nice fadeaway jump shot from the baseline left side. There's Finnegan in the paint, hands off to Zavik. Zavik goes around, goes to Wilson who pulls up just a oh, nice little 15-foot J from uh, just a, what about a step back from the uh, left-hand elbow? That's it. She's having Kelly's having a good night. That brings up I think 14 or 12 points. Wilson uh, will be 14 points yes. for the game now. She's doing a great job as a second fiddle to to uh, Christy here, so she keeps on this. Oh, whistle on the play there. Three seconds, yeah. Violation by Rowe in the key. So it's interesting, the grade team go hot on that for a couple of weeks and then you never see it for about a month and then all of a sudden they're called again. It's a, a hard thing to coach to there. Yeah, look, I. Yeah. They, they try and do the best job possible and tell them the girls to get out, but as coaches we're telling them to stay in and really work the pin and seal. And yep. that. So it's up to the girls who've got to do a good job listening to the referees as much as they can as well. And getting out of there when they're telling them to. So, mm. well, a half-court bomb from Harrington as the time runs out here in the third term. It's 84 to 51, and in the end, after it was level pegging there at the halfway point of the quarter, it it uh, ended the quarter with another 28 points added by Bendigo to 19. And uh, as you said, they really hit a wall. The AIS. They've run into it, been run over by it, and it's fallen on top of them. They're in all sorts. So this last quarter is going to be a bit of a challenge for them, and it's going to see, I reckon, Dean's in here really pushing with them what sort of uh, juice they've got left in their body, how much ticker they've got left there and that. So um, he's just going to try and emphasise that and see what they come up with. Like, I think Bendigo, great first game back for them, like mm. to wear out the cobwebs after the Chrissy break. Um, and that, so they'll be looking to refine a lot of stuff for their next game uh, and moving on with the season. So uh, I don't think Bernie's going to pull up any. He's not that type of coach. He's going to be pushing right to the end. So Well, you um, never know what percentage, although the split isn't... Well, split is a little bit more important than percentage in WNBL basketball. Yeah. But, you know, it's still... You want to have those 100-point games. You want to be able to make a statement to the rest of the competition that... If you're going to back off one iota, we're going to run over you. And you know, and it also, when you see uh, 24 for Harrow, 14 for Wilson, 13 for Butler, 13 for uh, Lauren King, you know, as a coach of another team, you're going. Doesn't matter what the opposition is, they're shooting at 70%. And uh, you've got players out there um, for the Bendigo Spirit, and I just wanted to bring some of these shooting percentages. Jasmine Finnegan, 3 from 3, 100%. 82%. Christy Harrower, 75%. Kelly Wilson, um, 71. 71 Butler. You know, Those sort of field goal shooting percentages just tell you that these girls were absolutely cherry ripe for tonight's game. And that's the thing, like, I think th- this will be a big, um, a big tick for, for Bendigo in, in their season, like showing that you can rack up a big score by ke- and keep another group down 51, like, it's just crazy. Like, Christie's just going absolutely nuts here. 75%, 75% from the outside the arc is a huge... And the big thing is she's got eight boards as well to go along with mm. that. So she's not just scoring the things. She's also getting after it and, and doing the usual stuff. So mm. 
Chalmers Finnegan. Chalmers gets the ball in the corner. Goes off to Zavik. Zavik for three. She can normally nail it. It rattled in and out. And Koenig comes up with the rebound. Ireland. Uh, Koenig. It's Jerry. Oliver. Cambridge for the AS. Koenig's pass to Jerry there. I'm not sure about that one. Ireland. They've only got the one guard on the floor and we know she's got a, a wrist that is a bit sore. As the ball looking to go down to Katie Oliver, and uh, Oliver has yeah. just not had her best two nights. No, in, no. In the last two. And that, look, I think the Institute's made a decision here to really try and mix it up and go big defensively in mm-hmm. their zone here. Um, it's something that they do quite often, and, and and try and get a few mismatch. Offensively, they might struggle here against the um, mm. a smaller three. Uh, that the Bendigo group's got on in Harrow, uh, Chalmers and, and Butler and that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do offensively here to, to go with their defence. Well, zone. you saw Jerry carrying the ball down because, you know, you can't expect Ireland to carry everything. So Jerry having to carry it, you're going to see uh, Koenig uh, also carrying too because she's going to have to play in it too. Yeah. And it's something I think that the Institute kids have been looking at. These girls go to the World Championships in two, this year in 2009. Mm-hmm. And in the World Game, I really think that, that um, Dean Kinsman being the 19th Gems coach this year, they've got to look at playing a bit bigger to go up against some of the European mm-hmm. nations and obviously the Americans and groups like that. So it's a good chance for them to practice playing with a big lineup. And, and it's, this is what the WNBL is about for them. Yep. It's about the development of these these kids so unfortunately that trip down for the AIS not as productive even though they got the steal inside Finnegan oh pickpocketed that time by Ireland and Oliver and Ireland brings it down the floor kicks it to Cambridge in the paint and that was should be a charge no no they're saying Chalmers okay (laughs) Chalmers gets her first foul of the evening so the only two players that uh, haven't scored yet for Bendigo as timeout has been called is Wilson and Chalmers. Chalmers finally getting on the court and um, and uh, Wilson I haven't seen out there tonight. But this is the difference you've got in the game. Okay, Two forwards, Finnegan and Zavik, which are classed as guard forwards and one centre for uh, Gabriel Richards. I'm surprised King. I would have had King as yeah, a forward. Yeah, guard forward, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've got three forwards and a centre um, up against forward, guard, forward, guard. Well, Madigan's not playing, so you've got forward row, or forward centre row, forward Koenig, guard Harrington, forward Jerry, forward Oliver, forward Joy, centre Cambridge, guard Island, forward Malt, and guard Farley. There's a, a huge mismatch, and it's just... Right throughout the night, it has been the experience of the likes of King, Richards, Harrower, Wilson, that have just run rings around the talls and really made it, uh, and really made it uh, Bendigo's game. And that, that's the thing, like Bendigo's got three, three of the best guards running around there in Butler, Wilson, and and in Christie there, and that. And unfortunately, the Institute just don't have the experience and they don't have the depth here tonight to be able to go against them. Losing mm. Tess during the week to a knee was a huge hit for them and that, like, she's one of their primary guards there and that, so and they just unfortunately haven't been able to um, to recover from that tonight and to be able to handle these three guards running running around the floor. Yep. 
As can be, Joel makes the first, not the second. Jerry gets the rebound, takes it into the paint herself on the baseline and a nice move that time around Finnegan and gets the shot. So back to a 30-point ball game now. 84 plays, 54, 7 minutes and 55 seconds left to go in the game. Finnegan top of the arc. Then it's Harrower. Left side is Butler. Butler's pass oh, just in front of Finnegan and a uh, little bit too ambitious there. The, the kids are still working hard here. Like They're still putting a bit of pressure on the ball, still working towards their their um, their goals here and that. So Bendigo, look, they've gone back into a zone right now to try and, I'd say, work some stuff out because they're, they're not much of a zone group. They're really up and down the floor, especially with your size. So uh, the tail of two tapes, you've got yep. a bit of a midget squad running around for Bendigo and the monsters. Giants, yeah. Thing is, if Bendigo want to play finals and take that spot off Sydney, they've got to beat a few giants there and... One of them, of course, is Canberra with the three towers. Well, that's it. Like, there's some good size in the league this year. Like, Canberra are just absolutely monsters. Mm. Uh, Adelaide's got some good size. Dandenong's got good size. Townsville's got some sensational size. Yeah. So, it's something that they're going to have to look to deal with. And, and it shows tonight that they're doing a great job in dealing with it. So, mm. Yep. And... At the line, Christy Harrower racks up some more points. Who's 25 for the game with a shot to come, which she makes. 26 points for Christy Harrower as Harrington comes in for Ireland with 7.23 left to go on the clock. It's 85. No, check that. It should be 86. Plays 54. As 7.20, Harrington works to the left-hand side. Not quite sure what this uh, offensive structure is. Jerry gets it. They try to get it across court to Koenig. It's tapped out of the way. Chalmers getting some great vertical leap there to get up uh, to that pass. The Institute are just relying on the skip pass a bit too much here. and It's, it's just pick off this City for these little guards. So yeah. They've got to do a better job of getting the ball through hands or getting a counter there for their reversals. So. Well, Cambridge is outside the arc now as uh, it goes back to Cambridge on the buzzer. She rattles up a three. Jerry was inside there for the putback. Look, they've, they've moved Liz onto the outside to try and get the mismatch with Jerry inside on Finnegan. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out for them. First possession, not too bad with an offensive board. Hmm. As Finnegan now from outside the arc. Oh, the bounce off the rim and left everyone confused. And it will be... An AIS ball as it was out over the side. So 85 plays 56 here with 6 minutes 30 seconds left to go in the match. It's cross to Connect. Connect left side goes to Oliver. Oliver inside to Cambridge. Is that a four? Yeah, it was a three or four in. And unfortunately again, Cambridge who has all the height in the world here decided to dribble it, which put it down where the four players were. That's it, like... That's, um, a, that's a kick out straight away. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's, a catch collapse. it's a catch it and look opposite because mm. there's got to be someone free on the opposite side of the floor. But they're hitting us so early, they're there on the catch that she can't do much with it, unfortunately. And the first instinct, great job, Rachel Jarry. She's, she's really done a good job this game, Rachel, both defensively and offensively, and just keeps getting, getting the job done there. So. 23 points for the game, Rachel Jarry. So it's been, yeah, excellent work by her. As King now, oh, three-point attempt, just uh, touch the side of the iron, but if they've given the foul, and it's offensive charge foul called on the eight of, uh, Lauren, uh, of Jasmine Finnegan. I think, 
I think the Tudor heading towards trying to win this quarter here, and at the moment they're doing a good job. I think if they can win the last quarter with their tired legs and, and the mental drain that they've been on, then they could be there. Kunick's just got to the hoop, got the got the carry on there, and she got the extra, she got the basket to come. So she's done a good job. Yep, and there's no doubt this is a AIS side is tired. They had a tough game last night, and uh, you're coming off a team that's had three weeks break. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, three weeks late, yeah. Like most of the groups finished up that week before Christmas and most of them wouldn't have come back until New Year's. So, mm. As the AAS will convert the next at 85 to 61. 17 points for Cambridge now. 23 for Jerry, leading scorer for the AAS. As Harrow drives down the left lane and, oh, Koenig, has been called for the foul as she just, uh, well, reached in towards Harrower and, uh, in fact, the blindside ref really made that call. Yeah, look, interesting call. Uh, it looked to me that Alice had both hands on the basketball and that's, uh, that referees can see it better than us. So. That's right. They're a lot closer. Inbound pass. Goes to Butler. Thought about the three. It goes cross court to Jerry. Jerry goes back to Butler. They're working the perimeter. Oh, Haraway has an open look. It looks good in the air, but uh, Richards just too strong on the boards over the top of Oliver. Oliver had position there, but Richards was just able to rip the ball out of her hands. I think that's just the physical strength mm. of Richards. Like, um, Oliver's still a young kid. She's only 18 years this year, and, and you've got a seasoned vet like Gabe coming in. So. Oh. <laughs> it's a tough one. Cambridge. Just giving her... It's like, mm. give it to her where she wants it, not at her ankles and not in her hips. Throw it up in the air so her, the height can do it. Yeah, it's one of those crazy things sometimes that you've got all this height, but you don't use it properly, it's no good to you. Well, it's not even her not using it properly. It's, it's everyone's got to give her the ball in the right spot so she can actually catch it in the right spot and she doesn't mm. have to do too much with it. And we get you a bit back onto Mike here. <laughs> And, uh, well, ball over the baseline now. Harrow had inbounded. There's another change made for the AAS. Farley back in. Oh, King sets herself. Rebounder was Richards. Jerry got a hand in there. Frustrated, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's not going to help them. No. 87 to 61. There's still four minutes and 42 seconds left to go in this final term as Wilson now gets her uh, first minutes on the court. So that's taken a while. Yeah, I think, look, Bernie was just trying to run out some cobwebs here and he's run his, he's run his main core group there and now he'll throw the bench out there a bit and, mm. and let them get the rest of the minutes up here with a bit of experience, a bit of minute and game time. Yep, as working the rebound down on the uh, defensive glass, King throwing it back in towards Richards who gets it into the hands of Harrower now. Richards gets it back top of the arc. Harrower inside the King. Harrington was underneath King there and they looked like they'd locked arms to two number sixes. Look, Karen's, Karen's just trying to bump and Lauren's just too big and too strong for her in the mm. end. So that's not much more you can do other than just try and bump and, and, and hope the referee gives you a bit of love. Third personal foul now on, uh, on Harrington as Malt comes in from Koenig. As the lights go out on the uh, adjacent court, 
Let's just make it a little bit darker here now. I don't know if that'll stop the shooting here with four minutes and ten seconds left to go. Harrower zigzags into the paint. Oh, the jump shot doesn't fall. Wilson chasing after it, just gets a touch on it. And it's over the baseline. It will be Malt to restart. Just uh, having a look. Wilson from Melbourne. Yep, sisters. So goes left side over to Farley. Kicks it right to Malt. Back across to Jerry. Oh, a push there. And that is Cambridge that's been called on that uh, push on King. So that's a, bit, that's a bit hard there. Like Lizzie, Gabe's been bumping Lizzie right the way through there and she's trying to get a pin and Gabe's sort of holding her there. And, but referee saw the second hit, so... Yep. Now, interestingly, that is only uh, Lizzie Cambridge's first foul. Yeah. Which, uh, well, for a player that's been foul-prone throughout the year, that's a good sign. Look, she's done a good job. I, I think she was a bit injured at the start of the year and didn't have a lateral quickness, and she's getting that back now. So um, she'll be encouraged by the game tonight. So coming back into the back end of the season as well as looking through to the Worlds in, in July. So, Well, yeah, definitely still carrying injuries too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, actually not carrying injuries, not match fit. Not, yeah. Because of the injuries, yeah. Oh, yeah. As Zavik misses the first here. It's still 87-61 with three minutes and 45 seconds left to play in the game. Uh, second one drops off. Good boxing out. But a false start. I think he's called a false start there. Yeah, stepping in before yeah. the ball had hit the ring there. All right, says Kem as uh, inbound ball goes to Harrington. Harrington breaks left. No one with her. Hand off to Jerry, then right side Malt. Malt goes to road, bounce pass into Jerry. Ball ripped away, and it looks like it's going to go the AIS's way. Once again, they're just trying to force it in there on the first look, and that when you've got three players sitting in on the big post. Just got to give it a bit more of a ball reversal, allow it to work a bit more, and play it from there. It's again Harrington who just works out a long pass away to Malt who nails a very lacklustre shot but it was all net on the way through great work that time didn't look like going down but she nailed it and it got there so yep. you can't take, take away the results at the moment uh, 87 to 63 here as the clock continues to wind down Richards oh and heavy traffic Wilson uh, that's um, Andrea Wilson as uh, was working extremely hard there in the paint and eventually called on a travel as she was uh, doing everything she could to try and rip the uh, rebound away from some tall timber around her. The, the, the good thing about Bendigo is that every single time a shot goes up, you know they're going to have three on the glass. And no matter what they are, the guard or a big, they're still going on the glass every single time. And the institute have got to do a good job keeping them off the glass. One thing that uh, I think would be a, a great take to watch was last night the uh, ability of Natalie Hurst to read the ball off the ring. She was absolutely electric last night. This time it was Harrington that read it best on the rebound as Richard's shot from downtown didn't fall. Inbound ball. Oh, row, nice pivot nice then. That was very well done from just up on towards the right-hand elbow, but inside the paint. That's the thing, like, the girls are getting good looks when they're nice and patient, making decent passes in there. They're, at times tonight, they've just forced it a bit, so I think it's something that the Institute will go back and have a look at and keep working on over the coming weeks. So. King's pass too hot. Oh, great work by Andrea Wilson. 
because uh, she threw it back into Bree Farley's legs. Bree had to work hard to be able to get back at that ball. Eventually giving it to Malt. Malt puts up an 18 foot J and it just doesn't quite fall. No, look, minute 45 to go here and that it's, everyone's just going through the motions. But Lauren King. Time out. Yeah. Oh, no, time out for a sub, so. Yeah. yeah. Lauren King did a good job there, just waited for uh, the defence to make their move, and as soon as they made their move, she was up there and uh, makes the shot. King now goes to 15 points for the game. She's definitely one an underrated player around the league. Like I know when we're looking at Bendigo in a couple of weeks, we'll be putting a bit of time into what to do against her because she's got that three, she's got the one dribble, and she's certainly got some moves off the basket. So we've just got to keep working her. AIS trying to rally here. Good work that time down the floor. 89, play 68 with a minute 20 left to go. And... It's still the AS battling on. Oh, they just molt and Jerry went after the ball there. They couldn't secure it, and that gives it back to the Bendigo Spirit. I think if the, if the institute can end up 20 down, less than 20 down here, I think it's a it's a it's a half decent night for them after last night. Well, so. that is always one of the team goals. Wilson from downtown rattles off the iron. I've got to say, Kelly Wilson, whilst they're both oh no, they're both not out there. Yes, they are yeah, both, both out there at the moment. That's Kelly Wilson and Andrea, and Andrea Wilson as Chalmers trying to keep on the heels of Harrington. Good screen. Andrea Wilson gets a big push in the back. That's Aussie rules. That would even be called a, a free kick. That's it. That's it. Karen's just tried to get a bit... She's a bit frustrated there at missing the, the, the jump shot and she's come over the back and it, it hasn't hurt them too much because it's only their third team foul, but... Um, I don't think... Oh, no. No, we're going to five-team fouls, sorry. Yeah. So it's a bit of a silly foul. I don't... It's just frustration building in there, so... But well, we wait now to see as they walk the floor. Wilson gets some points, so she gets rid of the goose egg in that uh, points column tonight, leaving uh, only one player out there who's not scored. Second shot is good as well. They've done a great job, Bendigo. Like their scoring spread, like that's mm. tough. And that, and when you, when they're looking at the finals aspirations, if they can keep the scoring spread going and not mm. just relying on Christie and maybe one other, I, they're going to be tough coming down the stretch at the end of this year. That is for sure. As uh, well, it's Wilson Kelly to Wilson Andrea. Andrea gives it to Zavik, who drives the left-hand lane. And uh, Roe and Jerry, you can take your pick, but I think they'll give it to Jerry. Yep, they do indeed. So Jerry's third personal foul now. And it will send Hannah Zavik to the line. Looks like uh, Zavik's fully fit now, which is going to be a big help with them losing Eleanor Herring that side for the season. So with Zavik coming in and Herring um, going out, I think it's... it's a pretty good trade-off there in that, but... Well, it's not exactly apples for apples, though. No, but it's, it's at least you're getting a, a pretty good stud back there in that group. You yep. haven't lost them both, or they're not unrestricted, so... Yep. Harrington goes to Ireland. Ireland inside to row outside to Malt. And Malt has really tried to find some form as a three-point shooter. She knocks down another now, and Malt moves to eight points for the game. Inside the last six seconds goes to Finnegan. Inside to Zavik. Skyhook from Zavik doesn't fall. Kelly Wilson pulls it back in, but it's all over. 
And a good solid win by the Bendigo Spirit tonight. 93 takes 71. AS would be happy that they stopped uh, Bendigo going to 100. Look, I, I, they, they've done a great job. I think Bendigo are 84 at the three-quarter mark and, and to keep them to, to what's that, nine points in, the, in, that, in that quarter is a great job considering their legs like... They made some adjustments there in guarding the ball and switched up a bit. That's a great job. I think Bendy gets to the Chrissy break. They're going to take a lot out of this game being their first hit out after, after the Chrissy break. And they're, they're going to get ready to, for the stretch coming home. And they've got to take care of business, which they've done tonight, in a pretty good fashion. So I think Coach Harrell will be walking away in a, in a pretty good mood tonight and pretty impressed with where they're sitting at the moment. So, mm, Well, just looking at some of the stats now, what do you take out of this tale of the tape? Bendigo finished the night shooting at 59%, 36 from 61, 35 outside the arc, and 78 from the line. AAS 44 field, 43 outside, and then 68 from charity. So better better performance than last night, but still, you can't afford to be uh, giving away 10% at the line. Yeah, look, their foul shooting is certainly an issue there in those that sit at 68, but... I think they can take a lot away. Like they got up some shots, like 59 shots, pretty good, pretty good run to get up without a couple of guards and that. Um, Bendigo just got hot at the start, and with the start that they have, that's pretty hard to guard against and stay positive. Where, but like looking at those turnovers, I, I think the issue got a bit to worry about with 20 turnovers for the game. Um, it's 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 way too high, um, and the possession game. That's what that's what gets you in the end at these type of leagues. So, they, look, they've got a bit of work to do before. Um, before next weekend and that, but they get their couple of guards back next week. So I'm um, talking to their coaches today that both of them will be back next weekend. Yep. So that'll certainly help them. And um, Bendigo's just going to keep moving forward for the rest of the season. I think getting stronger and stronger. I, I think they're going to be a menace come to, come to the end of the end of the season. Certainly for for us when we play them at Sydney Uni in two weeks time. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting run to the finals. We'll hear from the coaches in just a few moments on Sport Radio AIS Basketball. Well, Dean, two tough nights at the office here. The girls fighting it out right to the end. Oh, well, certainly in the last quarter. You know, probably saved a bit of face for us, but. Uh, I tell you, I've got to give a lot of credit to them tonight. They just played a really, really good style of game and a good team game and uh, distributed the ball well to everybody, uh, led obviously by Christie. But you look at their scoring, 13, 15, 11, 14, 25. You know, they really, really played well, shot well. And how often do you have an opposition shooting 100% on every stat that's important at the end of a quarter? Mm, yeah, it was pretty unusual. Uh, and even at three-quarter time, I think that was 71% from the field. But... You know, like we, we gave them a lot of good early looks, though. They, they really hurt us on penetration, and we, uh, I felt we were just like one step behind for the whole first half. And um, I'm not sure how much that's attributed to last night or whatever, but we certainly, uh, you know, I guess we saved a little bit of face towards the end to close the gap again. It could have been pretty ugly in that last quarter, but, you know, um, they probably backed off a little bit and we probably stepped up a little bit. In that last quarter, though, you were looking at a, a very tall lineup one guard, three, uh, four forwards. Yeah. Um, is that something you need to think about for when you do go to world championships and do have to match up on a lot taller countries? Yeah, we're certainly like, you know, Russia, they, they got 213 and 205. As two of their starters, so uh, we're going to have to combat that. You know, Liz will obviously be able to cover one, but we've got to get some other coverage as well. So we've got to look at some different options, some different things that we need to do. So 
Yeah, it's uh, try a few different combinations and, and see what you know. When you're at the state of the game that we're at, well, you know, we've got to try and experiment a little bit as well and see if we can bring something out of it and bring a positive into our, into our another game. One of the big worries, I guess, Kelsey Island uh, with that wrist early in the game, and when you've only got two guards in the team, having one coming down with an injury, she played on pretty strong. Yeah, well, she did. Uh, I thought I was really pleased with her. She was a little bit upset after last night's game with her performance, and uh, I'd give a lot of had a talk this morning. I'd give a lot of due uh, because she really. Well, she didn't trouble the scorers today that much, but uh, she certainly um, led the group well. And I thought her vocally on the floor, she was good for us. And I thought she, uh, you know, provided a bit of a spark to us. So uh, yeah, you're right. If one of those goes down, uh, we've got to cultivate somebody else who can carry it for us. Of course, gaze and coming coming back into the team does give you some more options there. Of course. Oh, it does. Uh, you know, you rob Peter to pay Paul at some stage, though, because you take away, you know, their offensive threats and uh, in the group. So, uh, yeah, look, we've got to try and manufacture that. It's funny, uh, we've got a couple of girls here that have just come in who are, who are young but starting in scholarship, and they've got some potential in that area as well. So, you know, a bit of competition for spots is healthy. So, um, you know, we'll see how that unfolds over the next six months or so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. One thing I did like was that Liz wasn't always looking for the basket, too. She did start to give you an inside-outside game, which uh, uh, at times this year we haven't seen. We've just seen Liz trying to get to the basket no matter what and it, it took about half a game when she was getting triple teamed she started to realise if I get it out again I'm giving the yeah. team options yeah look uh, at times we've been very Lizzie conscious probably over conscious and uh, look Lizzie's maturing and uh, she's starting to pick up some things from playing against other people and learning the styles of games and what they do out on the floor against Abby and against uh, Tracy Booty and other people within the competition so that's a positive thing for us and, and the more she can learn out of this year and you know, they're always, always good for Australian basketball because she is an absolute talent. Well, we wish you all the best uh, for the upcoming games. It's going to be a busy run to, uh, well, run to the end of this regular season. Well, it is for us because we bunched five in the last 13 days. So uh, we get a short little break, mini break here and, uh, you know, regroup again. But we've got a real good finish towards the end. And, you know, we're looking forward to try and pinch one of those or two of those and see if we can finish the year on an up um, before we move into our other phase uh, for the World Championships. I guess the one thing you can say to the girls now is you've got an opportunity of ruin, ruining someone else's season by uh, giving them an upset which they had probably have penciled in. Yeah, well that's true too, you know, and um, that's motivation. Yeah, you tend to remember those games, so uh, you know, like, and if we get one like that, you know, that's going to mean a bit to them. So, uh, you know, that's what we're after, and uh, we've certainly got opportunity to do that. So it's up to the girls to, to take that and move on and, and see if we can get one of those. All the best, thanks, mate. Well, Bernie, a, a solid win in the end. Uh, you gave them the last quarter. It looked like. Yeah, uh, look, uh, I think we took the put off the gas a little bit in the last quarter and didn't quite have the same defensive pressure that we applied for the first three. But you know, they started making shots in the last quarter as well so it was um, you know all credit to them they hung tough and and uh, you know it could have been a total blowout but they they made the score respectable look uh, how many times have you coached a team that's got into the second quarter before they've missed something outside the arc uh, not very often I can assure you they're nice rings here and nice lights it's a really nice court to play on and and I think it suited our girls and and I think what we've got to remember is that we've got quite a few in our group that actually come through the Institute of Sports so um, probably a bit of a second home to them so uh, yeah no look it was it was pleasing to get a win you know we've struggled for some wins this year and and um, you know we've still got aspirations of making the playoffs and if we can you know if we can string some wins together you know we've got a tough weekend next weekend we've got Bulleen and Danny Nong on the road and um, it doesn't get any easier we've got Adelaide the week after that and so it just continues on for us we just got to hang tough and, and see if we can get some wins well 7-7 seven and seven now and uh, I guess cheering for Perth 
in about an hour's time. Yeah, look, it would be nice if they could uh, do us a favour and, um, and help us out a little bit. But look, our destiny's still in our own hands. We've got Sydney twice, and and uh, you know, and if we're good enough, we'll we'll get wins against them. And and uh, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. What do you think about the uh, change now to a top five going into final? Oh, look, I think it's great. Uh, you know, you look at our league this year, and you know, if it was a top four, it basically would be just about done now. I think it, you know, for Sydney, us, Danny Nong. Um, you know, it'd be pretty much done deal now that you'd be out of the, the playoff race and trying to keep players enthused. At least now, um, you know, us, Sydney, Danny Nong still in the race, um, you know, and even teams that are below us that are still in the race that, um, you know, they can make the playoffs. So it, it keeps the enthusiasm up with the players and gives you a shot at, at um, you know, making it. And now being in that Victorian battle, the three teams that are battling for pre- supremacy, does uh, does the, the town of Bendigo, are they really sort of in, in your second season coming to grips with having the team there and really... Yeah, they you know? certainly are. We're, we're getting some uh, really good um, good crowds and that at our home games and, you know, they're really warm to the idea of having a WNBL team out of Bendigo and it's a, it's a great venue to, to play out of and, it's you know, it's like this place is nice floor and uh, nice rings and, and good light. To, to play on and it's um, you know the, the people in Bendigo have really warmed to it and it's you know even from last year we've built up you know a, a bigger percentage of crowds this year and and uh, we certainly want to keep it going and um, you know we, we certainly want to be the top team out of Victoria too but uh, there's a couple other teams got something to say about that. Well Sydney has Adelaide, Canberra has Townsville and Sydney. What's the Bendigo, what's that one thing that Bendigo must be? Oh, look, I think because we're new at it, um, you know, I think it's both teams, Bulleen and Danning are the teams that, that we want to beat. And, and I suppose, you know, with our only being in the league for two years, the only team that we haven't had a win against yet is Adelaide. So it'd certainly be nice to get a, you know, we've got them um, in two weeks' time in Bendigo and, you know, and it'd be nice to, they've, they've pumped us twice this year, so it'd be nice to turn the tables on them. Well, we wish you all the best for the run into the finals. Thank you. Well, of course, uh, one coach who wins is normally always happy and, uh, uh, well, the other coach can uh, worry about the next game. But um, in the end, it was a, a dominant performance, wasn't it, by Bendigo. They just looked confident, they looked crisp and uh, you spoke before we heard from the coaches about getting onto that run early and they were never headed from there. Look, Bendigo, they, they got that run and, and with a point guard of, of the world class of Christie in that group, she's she's going to keep driving you forward and she's going to keep you focused and it's, it's certainly an advantage they've got and it shows that, that, the, um, that the kids couldn't go with them tonight but Looking at that, like 93 points in a game, scoring across them, going 13, 15, 11s, 25s, 14s in scoring, like yep. that's tough to guard against, no matter who, like who's playing against you, whether it's Institute or or the Caps and that. So it's that's that's going to be hard for any team to match up, and it, it gives something to, for Bernie to really push forward through. And defensively, look, I think he, he might be a little bit upset about the last quarter, and given the Institute 71 after they're only sitting at 51 at three-quarter time, but it's, it's pretty hard to keep that intensity and that push going for a whole game. So last quarter, 20 to 9 uh, to Institute's way, they'll be really happy. Bernie, look, I don't think he'll be too worried about it. As I said, it's, it's the last quarter, and they, your team switch off a bit. They know they've got the game there. So yep. Well, all in all, Rachel Jerry, leading scorer for the AS on 20 points, Liz Cambridge, 17, and then on eight points was... Uh, uh, Alice Koenig and also on eight points was Rosie Malt. 
That was the leading scorers for the AS out at um, Bendigo Land. Well, 25 for Christy Harrower, 15 for Lauren King, 14 for Kelly Wilson, 13 for Dee Butler, That's, uh, and 11 out there for uh, Gabrielle Richards. So all good numbers and big numbers for uh, their starting five and first few off the bench. That's it. It's a great first scoring few change, speed. Yeah, yeah like that, that starting five is going to be tough for anyone to guard because they can spread the floor so well. So it's, it's tough. Well, Michael, thanks very much. No on very short pleasure. notice joining no. us here on Sport Radio. Pleasure. And uh, we look forward to you joining us next time round here on Sport Radio AIS Basketball. Until then, on behalf of Michael Fun, it's Craig Ravel wishing you a very good evening.